You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Now, the Go Wild app has added some really cool and exciting functionality to their app. And the first one I want to talk about is the Near Me function. And basically what this does, it allows you to engage and connect with people in your area. You guys can talk about gear. You guys can talk about hunting areas. You guys can talk about what's going on in the woods. And it just allows the users to be more of a community and connect easier. The second part is the gearbox. And what the gearbox is, it is a an opportunity for the users to not only see reviews on products and see what the go wild community is using in the field what products they're using but it also allows you guys to purchase up to 150,000 products there's you, there's a shopping function on it so Check out the Go Wild app. If you haven't downloaded it to your phone yet, you need to, and you can do that at any app store that is currently available. Go Wild. It's an awesome app. Check them out. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas, and this is episode five. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Andy Humfeld. What's How's up, How's it going? And we're also joined by Doug Vomberg. Doug is a professional angler, so he comes on to talk some fishing. It's a good time, isn't it? Absolutely. Learn a lot. Yep. Anything's more than I already knew. No. Same here. <laughs> Same here. All right, enjoy the show, folks. Let us know what you think. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, welcome to the show, Sportsman's Nation. It's a beautiful day today. It's a Friday, which I know no one's going to be listening to this on a Friday, but I don't care. It's still a beautiful Friday. Beautiful weather, finally, after like two days of rain. Got Andy with me. What's up, dude? How's it going? Mike is not here today. He's out slinging propane and... Propane accessories. <laughs> Hank, Hank Hill himself. Hank Hill in it. And uh, today our guest is pro angler Doug Vonberg. How you all What's doing? What's up, man? Doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, for those that don't know, obviously, you know, Andy and I know you, uh, but why don't you inter- introduce yourself, um, you know, who you are, where you're from. And since you're a pro fisherman, I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite thing about the outdoors other than fishing? Okay. Well, <laughs> my name's Doug Varenberg. Uh, I basically grew up in Lafayette County, Missouri. Um, started fishing farm ponds locally around here, and I've kind of transitioned up. Currently, I'm uh, fishing the Bassmaster Central Opens, which is the AAA level of kind of bass fishing if you're looking at the the pr- baseball leagues mm-hmm. and uh makes sense uh, the one of my one of my specialties is i became a electronics guru fishing electronics guru uh been coined the hummingbird guru i have a youtube channel that i do a lot of help videos to help people with electronics learning understanding that type of stuff uh actually getting ready in a couple of weeks to finally get our season kicked off after a postponement because of the yeah. current COVID challenges stuff, yeah. you know so uh, getting excited. But, Absolutely. Uh, 
uh, love fishing. Um, the thing, the thing besides fishing, I, I pretty much fish all the time. I, <laughs> I used to hunt. I used to, I used to deer hunt. I used to duck hunt, and you know the the fishing involvement uh, has kind of taken has made me step away from some of that stuff. But I always like getting out in nature, seeing you know seeing things. Uh, got a place uh, down at Truman Lake, and like walking in the backwoods and seeing things and watching wildlife, feeding wildlife, uh, listening to people like podcasts like your all's, and, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, learning about deer hunting. We but, have a listener, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Mark it down. <laughs> but, no, this is an excellent way for people to learn, and and that's what I'm. Hopefully, I can help people learn about the fishing side of things tonight. Cool, fantastic. That's what we're after. And you you mainly fish bass, right? I mean, that's your, your what you're a pro at, right? Yeah, it's bass your bass forte. tournament is my is my main things. I'm the world's worst crappie fisherman. Uh, <laughs> all my friends say uh, they just soon give me crappie fillets than me use up all their jig heads and everything because I, <laughs> I get hung up all the time. So, well, and I would yeah. guess like in this state, I mean, there's all kinds of fish, you know, crappie, walleye, trout, catfish, all the stuff you can do. But I would guess bass fishing is probably the most popular fish you would want to go after. I don't know that for sure, but it put seems it like it's probably pretty popular so it's probably a good fishing it's so diverse episode it's hard. to start yeah. on right yeah so. ba- bass is probably the 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 biggest known in the state and we've got several different species and yeah, yeah. missouri is w- very well known around the country as one of the best bass fishing areas oh, is it really yes um what's some other really cool states just off the top of your head that you go to i i totally enjoy uh southern louisiana and the coastal marsh areas mm-hmm. is probably the most unique place in the world that I've ever been. That's one of the things that got me, you know, excited about traveling fishing is the neat places you get to see. I've fished from pretty much Canada to Mexico. I've actually been into That's Mexico. Awesome. Really? Um, and last people come to Missouri from all over just as the yep. same, right? Yep. Huh. Well, you're kind of saying before we kind of got started how diverse, I mean, we are in Missouri, which we are. I mean, we, we talked about that in one of our first podcasts, but you have everything from farm ponds to the lakes, the, the bigger lakes to reservoirs. So, I mean, it's, we yeah. offer everything. And our, and our reservoirs have a wide variety from shallow muddy conditions to deep highland Ozark mountain lakes to, yeah. you know, the table rock, uh, those lakes down there, there's river fishing. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's the, the amount of stuff that you can, uh, fish in this, this part of the country and, there's stuff available from everybody from somebody that's never wetted the line to the the top pros that yeah. uh, they come to Missouri to fish. Well, and I think, you know, people hear about a pro fisherman and they think, well, they, you know, they have access and stuff. I'm guessing since you're from the same county we're from, you you started fishing just like any other kid did back when you first threw your first line out yeah. with a Snoopy pole or whatever, <laughs> you know. I mean, how did you get into this whole thing in the first place? Well, it uh, it's interesting. My my family, I have I've come from a family that really hasn't been hardcore fishermen. Like uh, some people, their parents or their grandparents were were big avid fishermen. My dad actually got me and my brother fishing the local farm ponds around here, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and and that's one of the things that that I grew up was learning to fish that. And then my brother. Uh, he he got into a public finance position, was calling on school districts, and um, he ran into a superintendent. And uh, we we he'd started we he bought a boat, and we started going to Truman Lake and here in Missouri. Uh, mm-hmm. 
It's the second largest lake in Missouri. If it's a foot high, it's the biggest lake in Missouri, <laughs> uh, which it could be there after the rains. We've oh, seen. man, <laughs> it's probably pushing it right now. But it, uh, it, it's a, I mean, it's a, it just bumfuzzles you how big something like that is and where do you start. And, and that's what I'm hopefully helped you here tonight to, to learn about don't get intimidated by them big places. But he, he got involved. We fished around a little bit. Uh, this guy invited us to fish a bass club, and man, that's that was probably the worst worst thing I ever did. And now <laughs> the worst know, worst best thing. all my yeah. money later. Yeah, yeah. all <laughs> my money. All you know, there's a lot of time and dedication, and and uh, but it's it's probably one of the coolest things I've ever done with my life is uh, is seeing some of the places that most people that they never get off the highway. It's just like hunting and mm-hmm. and that stuff. Man, you get to see some pretty awesome stuff out there uh, that that most people never ever imagine and from a different perspective from the woods you see it but sitting in the middle of that lake looking to land is a different completely different view and you're waking up at the crack of dawn you're seeing the sunrise just like a hunter is you know i i know a lot of these tournaments you're driving your boat in the dark it's it's, to get to that spot that you want to i don't know if the claim is the right word but you're in the dark getting to where you need to be and you're seeing the sun come up just like any hunter or you know other outdoorsman is that's that's got to be pretty cool it, to see it's there's a lot there's a lot of similarities to it and, and we call it you know fish hunting almost yeah mm-hmm. because you're targeting the same thing like you're targeting a deer you know you're trying to put yourself in the best place for for success it i always tell people it's a lot more fun to catch than cast and it's, <laughs> it's the same thing with hunting you know the success is is the rewarding part but but to me the challenge to find success mm-hmm. is is a lot of the neat part, and it's kind of like hunting. Is man, when I deer hunted, it was like, man, I finally got what I wanted, but it's over, you know. And yeah, <laughs> that's the the great process thing with, is the enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. and the, that's the cool thing with fishing is I get to catch them and take them off the hook, and I can take a picture of it or you know throw them back if it's practice time and yep. mm-hmm. and go on to the next one but like deer hunting a lot of times you're limited in the states by the number that you can yeah. harvest but it uh, it's it's still the same challenges it's just uh on a different uh, aspect of the world you know a different yeah. environment a wet environment versus a dry environment so. and you're right you get that un it's unlimited as far as how many you know trophies you can catch i'm doing air quotes for people yeah. right now <laughs> and uh you know with you're right with with deer hunting Everybody says, you know, it's not about the kill. It's not about the kill. It's about the experience, which is true. And I'd also almost call that person a liar. You know you still want the kill. Right. But you're yeah. right. If if you get that harvest in some states, Missouri, you know, you're still allowed two bucks, certain stipulations on that, that, that sort of deal. But if if you get that one buck or, or that one doe and one buck in a, a state that you're hunting and you're done in early October – those experiences are over unless you're going to go with somebody else because you've tagged out. With fishing, you can catch as many five pound bass as you want to. Yeah, yeah. and it's a it's a um, and go back tomorrow. And it's something it new, right? Every time you're pulling it in, you know, yeah. it's you probably have a good idea what you're getting now. But like for a guy like me who sucks at fishing, I mean, I go with my kids, and half the time I'm not even fishing because they're running around with something broken. But <laughs> Every time you catch something, I can't tell if it's a crappie or a bass until, you see until I see it for the most part. And, you know, with you, it's still probably an exciting deal to be reeling in 
and go, I wonder what it is. I wonder what it looks like. I wonder how big it is. Yep. Even the, though you've done it for years. The, the adrenaline rush. And mm-hmm. then and then that's where the competition part comes in. The, is yeah, when you throw the tournament man, in. Man, when yeah. you throw that in and, and – that's the the whole neat part of the the Bassmaster series. It's the five biggest fish. You can you can catch a small fish, put them in your live well. Catch a bigger one. You catch we wait we can weigh five fish. Mm-hmm. So when we get to the fifth fish, we have to cull. So we can take the smaller one out and put a bigger one in. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the whole mystique of it is, I do not know what any other angler's doing unless I run into somebody on the water. It's and, your five best. I mean, yeah, yeah. bring your best. So, so it's like going to find the five biggest deer in the county, and, <laughs> you know, versus everybody else in the county. Yeah, you know, and it, it gives you bragging rights, and and right. and that's the pride and stuff is all the all the work uh, that you put into it is kind of that culmination <clears throat> at the at the at the event, and uh, man. It's, it it can humble you real quick. You can think, oh, man, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna really catch him this one and go out that first day and not even make it across the weigh in stage. And mm. <laughs> Maybe I'm not as pro as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, no, back back to I mean you fit you fished the club and then yep. how did it progress from there? Well it uh, in the club level, um I moved into Fishing, I was fishing buddy tournaments my, with my brother, and we went up. and There's different stages of buddy tournaments, and Missouri is very blessed with with a lot of different circuits and a lot of different. It's all about the amount of entry fees you want to pay. You can <laughs> you can get in from from low level entry fees, just you know, fifty bucks a piece to to. Yeah. You can get into thousands thousand dollar tournaments too. Yeah. But um, as you get better, you you try to strive to to compete against uh you know higher levels of competition and mm-hmm. and i tell you what probably the the hardest fishing is against the locals in this oh, in this area yeah. i mean you go to lake of the ozarks my gosh you have guys there that i would put you know if they competed on the national level they could probably blow away some of these big names yeah oh really but but they know their lake very well some guys don't have a desire to travel you know and mm-hmm. they and they stay at home and they can there's some guys that are making pretty good living just fishing. Clean fishing. up Lake of the Ozark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it makes sense that you were saying, like, Missouri's a pretty well-respected state when it comes to bass fishing. And if these guys are fishing, let's say, Table Rock all the, all year long, and you got a guy coming from New York out here who gets to do it once, I would guess home field advantage is kind of an, a good thing. You know, yeah. even if he's been here before, he's only been here last year. You know, something it, like that. It can be it can be a good advantage, but it also can be a, a bad a bad disadvantage I to can you see because that, you yeah. fish you start fishing history, yeah. you know, versus fishing the the, the conditions that oh, are being yeah. thrown at you right now, and and you you get stuck in techniques that, well, we're not going to use this light line finesse stuff that they use out in California or that that stuff ain't going to work on this lake, and those guys come in and the fishing gets tough and they're their techniques work and mm-hmm. and you're too hard-headed to, <laughs> to make a change so it uh it, it can be positive and negative it's it's kind of like uh, uh the Bassmaster classic is kind of like the super bowl of, of bass fishing and they always call it the home state jinx is uh oh boy. The, the people that the, they always talk about the guys local that how how it's in their advantage and 99 percent of the time they they do not wind up doing good in that event because they fish too much history history i caught one over there and i caught one over here and they're running around yeah. chasing this history where they caught fish and this other guy comes in blind and and uh just goes fishing and and you know 
Yeah. Fish is fish is the current conditions versus fishing, you know, where the fish ought to be. That's a uh, I would say that's almost common for every outdoorsman. Yeah. I mean that relates so much to hunting. You know, you have no idea. I mean, you've got me personally. I mean, with a deer I killed two years ago, the next year I it's like I almost pictured how I was going to do it the next year. It has to walk the same path. Guess what yeah. didn't happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then you get hard headed sometimes, and you're like, no, this is the correct decision. And you don't step back and think about what you're really doing. And it's it's got to be the same yep. with that, you know, that home state jinx or whatnot. You you get so used to something, you think you've got it figured out. And just like any other thing with nature, bass are pretty smart. They don't want to get caught. The weather changes, the water rises, the water falls, the full moon. Yep. I mean, they. I think the tournament directors find the hardest fishing conditions for us every, every time <laughs> to go. I think they just sit back and laugh on – I've got that guy's money and yeah. watch him go struggle, <laughs> you know. I give him a hard time all the time, and that's uh, that's part of the fun of it. Oh, but the, the camaraderie of meeting guys from all over the country, I've got two good friends that are from Japan. Actually, I talked to one last night really? that, that flew in. He had to cor- He's quarantined right now for two weeks to, to be able to, to, be able to fish to our something. tournament uh, coming up uh, the 20th of June. So I want to talk about traveling to fish Missouri. Yeah, a must be important. Yep. Yeah, and so you start, okay, so you grew up hunting farm ponds like everybody does, and, you know, that's the big thing someone should take away from this. If if all they do is hunt, or not hunt, fish farm ponds, like you said, don't be scared to go into Truman Lake or something like that, even if you don't have a boat. That That's no that's not a prereq. I mean, it helps, sure, right? Yeah, but I mean. Uh, how did you get from, you know, you started joining that club, right? Out well, there at Truman. What? Actually, really, the start, I started walking banks around farm ponds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the thing about a farm pond is, is and, and you can look at, you can put farm ponds in a lot of different classifications from a <laughs> mm-hmm. one or two acres to 10, 10 to 20 acre places right. in some places. Starts but, getting in that lake area. <laughs> yeah, you start, I call them a farm lake, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but you can walk around that pond and, you know, you can do that maybe in an hour, two hours. You're going to find out you're going to catch fish in, in, in certain areas of that pond, and other areas you're not. Yeah. And uh, the the same thing is 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 kind of the the thing that I started with is you know the seasonal patterns. Uh, when they spawn, they go shallow. In the fall, they go back shallow again to feed before winter comes. In the summer and the winter, they go they like deep water and the the structure that's in there. And uh, a farm pond has all that same stuff as a as a large reservoir does. It's just you got thousands and thousands of more acres, and Missouri's really blessed because if you don't have access to those farm ponds, the state of Missouri, the conservation department. I mean, probably the smartest thing we ever did was that eighth cent sales tax for for conservation. They've bought up, they've got 150 acre lakes around here. There's Absolutely. half a dozen within 10 miles of of where we're at right now. Yeah. And every one of them's got a unique identity, and uh, you can take that information you learn at the farm pond, go to the farm lake, go to the conservation lake, and the, those seasonal patterns and where them fish are going to be related is all the same. And then when you get when you get bolder and bigger enough, or you want to go fish a large reservoir, the same thing happens in them. It's just at a big magnitude. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you're looking at 80,000 acre lakes, uh, Toledo Bend's over a hundred and some thousand acre lake that I've fished in Texas. And mm-hmm. when I go to those places, I look at basically each cove is a, is a mini farm pond. 
when you're when you're practicing and you're unfamiliar with the place, I try to find uh, a place that I can basically recreate that farm pond feeling. Fish around it real quick, figure out where the fish are, start expanding expanding where you're going. And that's the same thing you can do with farm ponds, the conservation lakes, and progress progress your way up. You know? Yeah. So you're breaking them down, I mean, going from, like you said, hundreds of acres down to breaking them down into a less than 10 acres and fishing them as strategically the same way you would a one, you know. That yeah. makes complete sense. If, if you're if you're if you haven't if you haven't been there for a long time, you know if you ain't got the chance to know what stage the fish in, and it's kind of like the spring springtime right now. And depending on where people are listening from, but uh, we've just kind of finished up the spawn in Missouri. But in the last in the last month, that April to May time frame, the fish start moving into spawn to feed up to to reproduce. Uh, once they get done with that, then they kind of go into a I ain't going to bite nothing mood for a week <laughs> or two to recover. But then they go into a feeding frenzy again mm-hmm. to to feed back up and rebuild their energy that they, they dispelled. And then they once they get that, the water starts getting warmer. Then they start moving into summer conditions. But, man, you go into a place and you don't know if it's pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn. They're in summer pattern. you got to figure that out. And the faster you can figure that out, what stage those fish are, the more you can start taking that and expanding. And right. and the one thing about a, a competitive tournament fisherman is is trying is pattern fishing instead of spot fishing. Spot fishing is kind of that local's advantage. The a pattern a fish will be related to a point. You know, mm-hmm. you got a point that jetties out or a hump in the water or uh, they're back in the creek. They're up the, the spawn. That same thing happens from a farm pond to a reservoir. So if you can figure out where those at you can start using i mean we got all kinds of great tools that uh elect fishing electronics but we got lake maps that are contour maps just like contour you know uh, just like survey, you can get on your phone map. like yeah. a topography map yeah, but for yeah. the okay yeah it's topography maps of underneath the water and and you can see all that stuff and okay here's a point sticking out and, and they actually display on our fishing electronics so i mean you know, we used to have started out with paper maps, and you'd look at these big maps, and you'd drive down a lake and try to figure out where you were in relation to it. And now it's yeah. with GPS, you can drive from one place to the next place, to the next place, to the next place, and and you Just can start building that you. pattern. It's mm-hmm. where the channel maybe swings in. Uh, channel swings is one of the things that fish get in on a winter. Uh, as they migrate, they, they follow creek channels. And okay. uh, a couple of years ago at, at Truman, I got onto a deal – where a channel swing off, hit the bank, basically the channel swing into the bank, and then it creates a flat like a like a shallow area. Those fish were sitting there when the when the bluegill or brim were ta- starting to spawn. And, I mean, all you had to do was look at your map and say, well, I'm going to catch one there, I'm going to catch one there, I'm going to catch one there, and you ran them places. And it was like the most phenomenal day in Missouri. And, really? And, I mean, everybody's like, where'd you catch all them? I was like, oh, it was easy. You know, water I, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you don't give all your secrets away but but it, it's one of them things that when you man when you get that when you get in that zone it's that's the, right. the fun part of it it's yeah. it's kind of so like you, chasing that deer it, it's kind of like but it's you, you only eat an elephant one bite at a time right yep. i mean so it for that person that's intimidated by going to even some of these large you know these smaller lakes like maple leaf out here in Hig- mm. or lafayette county if you're intimidated by it, it's the same as that farm pond that you're used to fishing. It's yep. just more of them, 
Break it down. Break it down. Work it. It, it, it makes sense. If people haven't looked at Maple Life, like Google Earth, you can go. I've actually got a lake map out there I made, but but it uh, <laughs> it's got three three arms. It's got one north, one east, and one west. Take an arm. Don't don't run the north one. I ain't over here. Go and then you're running the east arm. Then you're running right. Just go to one arm of that lake. 150 acre lake, three main arms, 50 acres. You make. You know, you got a great big farm pond there, but it's right, it's right. manageable. It's an area that's manageable that you've got everything from shallow water to deep water, and you're going to figure out where them fish are. But from that 50, you can even break it down to this zone, this zone, this yep. zone, and lakes within the lakes within the lake. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, it, and that's the process is, is a lot of map studying. You know, mm-hmm. going on tournament fishing, it's, it's, mu- it's months and months of studying maps, looking at where you want to f- where you think you want to fish, where the fish may be. Same thing mm-hmm. you're doing with local reservoirs and farm ponds. Thing is, a farm pond you can find out in an hour real quick where, right? Yeah, and you're going to catch a lot more fish. And that's the thing. People that fish reservoirs, yeah, there's a vast more numbers of fish and places to fish, but you'll catch a lot more fish in a conservation lake or a farm pond than you'll ever catch out of a reservoir, right? In in a shorter period of time, and and uh, I personally still use the the conservation lakes around here as as practice areas. Um, each one has different characteristics. You know, there's there's some that are rockier, some that have veg, water ve- underwater vegetation in them. Some got lily pads, some don't. Uh, some are dirtier water, some are cleaner water, and and you can use those to to practice your techniques and catch a lot more fish. It uh, doesn't matter how big they are. It's just learning to get confidence in where that. they are. Yeah, and figuring out what. That's one thing I've always wondered. Uh, sorry, Andy, but is so my pond at home just like about an acre and a half, and it has always been muddy, dirty. Yep. I'm guessing I have catfish in there. We've caught some out of there, so I know they're there. But how does a a bass who hunts off site, correct? Well, for the most part, well, no, it's the, the it's a lateral line. They actually off a of vibration a lot. Do they really? Yep. So that's always I always wondered that. How do they handle dirty water, like I call it, muddier water compared to crystal like table rock, you know, crystal clear type of water? What's the difference between the way they respond to things? Well, and and that's the the senses. It's kind of like a human. You got sense of sight, sense of smell. You know, if it's dark outside, you're you're not going to be able to see as well. So your your smell, your uh, you know, you can feel things that are happening. Sometimes you feel things. We don't have that lateral line like a fish does, but mm-hmm. that's how they how they sense movement. And they can they can feel water displacement. They can feel actually vibration. Um, they can hear sound like rattles. We put rattles in the bait and mm-hmm. and, okay, and yeah. make it like a click 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 sound as the bait comes through the water. Um, some of the things is using a larger bait in dirtier water because it. Uh, throws off more uh, wake or or vibration to that mm-hmm. thing, and the fish can can sense that. And uh, that that's one of the things when you mentioned dirty water, a long time ago I learned from a guy. He said the the two best colors in dirty water is white and black because they're not actually not colors. Uh, in the in the artistic chart, I'm not an art major, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't know if you're wrong anyway. I'm just but, sitting here, light bulbs going off. I need to go fish. I'm going to try some stuff right now. But <laughs> but but it's like uh, you don't think about it, but if you watch, it throws off more of a shadow, a white, a, a true bright white, not a translucent color. But that white, that black, show up a lot better in in the dirty, real dirty waters. 
and those fish can can hone in on it. Uh, mm. Those fish, pretty much sight is the last thing when they make their decision. Really, you, know, you, you I tell, I kind of put them like a a bobcat or you know a predator. He's he sits there and he's going to make it. That he's like a big lazy predator. Put it that way. Okay. He, he, you know, the bigger they get, the the less energy they want to d- displace to get get a meal. It's mm. kind of like driving through drive through. You know, uh, it's it's a lot simpler than going into a restaurant. We get a number two. Yeah, <laughs> give me a number two. You know, <laughs> and and that's the same thing of fish and and like the winter conditions, summer conditions. When it's hot, when it's cold, they want to displace less energy, so they kind of sit there and wait for the meals to come to them. And uh, muddy water, they tend to be shallower because they can't see as far um, cleaner water though they will go deeper uh, because they can they've got a lot longer vision a uh, sight vision but they want they want that meal they want they're in a they're a predator fish so they're gonna, they're in attack mode you know they sit there yeah. bluegill mr. bluegill or mr. shad swims by and they lunge out or hopefully it's your bait that they're right. chasing versus right. versus the food source but uh, that's how they live and they they basically uh a fish is is got two cent two two reasons that they bite is either they're hungry or defensive um if somebody's in their territory they don't like they'll come out and and they don't have guns to shoot it shoot at the other fish they uh, <laughs> if they ever do <laughs> we're in trouble oh, yeah. man <laughs> but but that's but you can you can make a fish react too and that's one of the probably one of my specialties is is hot summertime fishing the hotter it gets the sh- you can catch fish in Missouri in less than three foot of water, 90 to 100 degree surface temperature. Um, as long as that fish has got food, oxygen, and water, he can survive. Mm-hmm. Um, a fish is actually cold-blooded, so he really, he really temperature doesn't bother him. Yeah. And uh, you, can, you can burn what we call burning a bait is cranking it as fast as possible, and you hit it into a piece of structure, maybe like a log or a stick or a stump that he's hanging by, It'll make him come out defensively instead of instead of he's not in the feeding mode. He he actually reacts to the bait, and you get a reaction bite versus a a feeding bite, and that's and that's part of the you know the tournament tactics. But you can you can do that just fun fishing in a farm pond. Yeah, and a lot of people think, oh, you got to slow down and fish a fish a worm. Yeah, if you if you leave it in his neighborhood for too long, he's gonna he's gonna go check it out maybe and and move it away, but. Um, it's kind of like if somebody ran through your house, yeah. what are you going to do? Scream. Scream, <laughs> scream run. You're gonna, you're Nate's going to scream. Most people probably <laughs> chase that. But you're going you're gonna to go check it out, what happened. What, yeah. What's that guy running through from my back door out my front door? You're going to take off after him right. because you don't know what the heck's going on. Yep. That's the same thing fish is. You, you entered his area. Now, if he just generally walks through the house, you're going to say, hey, you want to get out of my house? Yeah. You know? <laughs> If he knocks on the door, he'll yeah not move. Might let him in. You know, it's funny you say that because I hope my six-year-old son doesn't listen to this because every time we go fishing, he he reels his in really fast, and I'm always like, Chase, <laughs> you need to slow that down. You need to slow that down. Well, if he listens to this, he's gonna listen and be like, Dad, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but it don't work every time. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, and then you mentioned that. You know, you got, see, we went off on a nice tangent on that one. Oh, yeah. But uh, you mentioned that, you know, you start, you get to those lakes, you start kind of mapping them out. And then, you know, at some point you got to the point in your, you know, fishing career, we'll say, 
that you you made the worst decision you've ever made, which is buy a boat, right? Yeah. They always say the best day about a or the the two best days of a man's life are the day he buys a boat and the day he sells it. Isn't no, that what I sell heard? it. Sell it your best day. The the second best day is the day you get it. There you go. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> so you know when you when you got to the point where you you bought your first fishing boat, you know how how did you progress from all right. I'm in this club and, and doing all the, the stuff I like to do there. Now I've got a boat. And, you know, how did your your fishing career progress once you started there and got to the point where now you're you know, well, a professional it, angler? Some of it's based on success you have. Uh, we were actually very successful. Actually, I think we made a lot of people mad because here's these <laughs> new guys come in here, didn't know what the heck we were doing, and uh, – and and had some success and it's and it's like i'm gonna be honest i didn't know what the heck i was doing we just went fishing (laughs) fishing. you know and i still look back at you know i I look back at that and i say i just went we just went we just went fishing to have fun and and had success doing it you know we made some very good decisions but um i look at it in in tournament man if you're having the worst practice your life just go fishing yeah yeah uh, and and I I don't know how many times that you have a horrible practice and it actually turns out probably one of the best tournaments of your life is because you I said I, instead of fishing by my brain I fish by my rear end and right, you, you just, know just fish by gut instincts and and it works out it's kind of like a hunting trip man the wind's blowing the wrong way the 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 moon's not right the sun's you know the weather's not right and you go out and you have you have success and you. And you, you sometimes you put too much logic into it, right? And uh, you still got to fall back on, uh, you know. There's always a little bit of luck involved. Oh yeah, there's a lot yeah. of luck. Just pop the cooler open and fish. <laughs> Have some fun. I mean, <laughs> it's probably the same with you as far as your your fishing. You know, you you pretty much mentioned that you're doing that more than you don't really do anything other than fish at this point. And it'd be the same for me. Like if you know we go out west elk hunting, uh, which I know we just talked about. The day I stop having fun is the day I quit doing it. It costs too much money, too much commitment, you know, too much effort to not enjoy it. And, yeah, so you're right. You're having a a shitty practice. Start having fun and, and yep. you know, yep. be, be done with it. And yep. I mean, even if someone's looking to become more than just a regular, quote, unquote, fisherman, the second it gets too expensive for you or – you start to dislike it would be the day I would say this probably isn't your deal, right? I mean, when, when the fun's gone, that's uh, that's when you're ready to, you know, take a look at take a look at how you're doing things. I there was a point in my life that uh, I got to I got to fish in so many events and stuff and and started actually having uh, wasn't having success because I was I wasn't doing good and it kind of it's like man you get in this you get slump, in this yeah. slump and it's like oh man and and I, <laughs> you know you t- i've taken some time off it's kind of like last year was probably one of the one of the worst years that i've had in a long time but it wasn't i don't think it was my fishing it was the places we were going i mean we we go to texas and we have frost the first day i get there oh you know and yeah. everybody started calling me mr cold front because every time i'd go we go to Alabama. Had the same thing there. We hit hit lake conditions wrong. <laughs> Took it with him. We we went to Wisconsin uh, fishing up on the Mississippi River. 
the spring was high. The day when we get there to start practice, they start sucking the water out. They got to go to start draining, oh. draining the flood water out. Man, it was incredible <laughs> the first day of practice. Yeah, they were shallow. They were way up in this slop. I mean, fishing, fishing uh, frogs and stuff, and watching them blow up. And that's one of the most awesome is watching topwater fish and I and bet. and it's like, man, we're gonna have a blast at this tournament. And 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 by the time we got there, it was like they started slowing the water down, and then the fish had all pulled out of every great fit, great fishing spot. The places I caught fish, they're dry ground now. And it's like, now what? <laughs> so what condition you say topwater fish? That's always, that's awesome to watch. Yeah. You see those. What are the conditions? Like, when do you start that? I guess for somebody like me, I have, I wouldn't have a clue when in time of year condition, you know, temperatures, when do you topwater fish? Typically, typically, topwater fishing is is a summertime deal. Okay. Summer, fall, uh, hotter weather. Yeah, hotter weather than fish than fish like uh, post spawn. Right now, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're in prime time topwater conditions right okay. now. Um, I'll be back in a little bit. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gone too. <laughs> uh oh, this the show just got bad if I'm by myself. <laughs> but it, uh, but it's probably one of the most amazing things if if and. The early morning, late at night are probably the what I call the easiest topwater fishing there is. That's when the fish get the most active. When that sun starts falling, uh, you got about an hour before sunset, an hour after sun rises to to really get into good some of the easiest topwater fishing. Okay. We yeah. kind of call it amateur hour, you know. That's what but, I need. That's <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's 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 so much fun, and there's so many different styles of baits and. Uh, but but you get uh, some lakes cloudy days like Table Rock, man. You get a cloudy drizzly day. You can throw topwater all day. Truman Lake, as dirty and muddy as it is, you can throw a buzz bait all day long in that sucker all in the summer and and have success. And then you get into the places that have like aquatic vegetation, lily pads, uh, gr- uh, underwater grass like hydrilla and milfoil and stuff will mat over. Our Maple Leaf Lake has milfoil in it, and it'll mat over, and you can throw a frog in there, and you can fish it all day long. Hmm. Them fish, it just you put that bait in that in their home, and they get mad at it, and they blow up on it. And that's cool. That's some of the coolest stuff. Like the coolest video you'll see is when you see one of those things breach. Yeah. Um, and the power that they have behind them, and how small they are. Yeah, give it. Yeah, just that that power that's packed in. You know, even a big one, you're talking what ten pounds or yeah. something like that. You know, so the power that's in that that animal, that fish, how fast he can propel himself right. to, to make that one move, and it may be only a foot, two foot, three foot away, and to be able to do that, throw that much water, and then it's so great when you see them do that and they miss the bait. <laughs> <laughs> you and you see that big old mouth, and you no. say, "Oh how? my gosh, how did you miss that?" Yeah. Right. All right, uh, now maybe their arms aren't that good. <laughs> yeah, right. Now you got me all geeked up. If somebody like me, novice person, besides a boat, what basic equipment would you say to go fish a novice tournament down there for, you know, the, the you're talking the smaller entry fee type stuff? What would you say basic equipment? Being the electronic, you know, kind of guru you are, what would you say your basic electronics, basic rod and reel setups equipment you would well, recommend. L- let's start with lures. I've got a, I've got a good, good thing, man. You can go. 
we call it the shop talk or you know the the hotel talk of amongst gotcha. anglers. They're going to say everybody's going to tell you they go, oh you got to have this black worm with blue flake, and the next guy's going to tell you you need black with red, and this one's going to tell you there's three basic colors. And I made it so simple: white. <laughs> We're both I'm, getting I'm ready to write that. <laughs> white because it imitates a shad. You need black or dark. Um, dark colors mm-hmm. the, the black because it's it's for dirty water okay white will work in dirty water clear water in between water and then you then you get into your greens your green pumpkin watermelon uh those three colors you can pretty much fish anywhere in the country and catch bass from a farm pond to a reservoir from east coast to west coast from mexico to canada even into mexico and canada you talking like a like a hunter type green or neon green? <laughs> no no like uh <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, I'm typing this out right now. <laughs> grass, grass colored green. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, watermelon is is more of a lighter shade of green. Green pumpkin is kind of a little more brownish green. Okay. Uh, I'm not very color smart. I didn't know what he meant when he said pretty, that. <laughs> pretty pretty much every bait company is going to have a watermelon. That they're going to call it watermelon and green pumpkin, and that's your two really? greens. Yep. I've heard watermelon in my see oh, green pumpkin. I haven't seen that one yet. And then you get all the pretty sparkles and stuff. Oh, and, yeah. And man, you can add the glitter. You can you can you can spend every dollar that you ever made and more buying different colors and it if you get if you start out with those three basic colors you walk through Walmart and it's like oh, I don't know it, it can be intimidating I mean if you have never hunted or gosh I keep saying Fish. that <laughs> fished before and you walk through like a Walmart or a Bass Pro and you you go through the aisles you're like what in the hell do I buy yeah, yeah. and and I mean, variations you can, yeah you can go broke in there now now the two the two variations of this. Sunny days, sparkly colors. Cloudy days, solid colors. So between your three basic colors, two basic things. Sparkly colors because when the sun hits, they're going to look like scales. Right. You're going to get the scale pattern. When it's cloudy, that base color is all you need. So, you know, solid white on a, on a, huh. on a cloudy day. On a on a sunny day, you want white with some some sparkles, some foil to it. Uh, if you're if you're fishing like a spinner bait or crank baits and that type of stuff, probably as far as tackle wise, you've got to learn what your strengths are. Okay. And uh, I mean, everybody can do a little bit of everything, but to me, I think I had ADD when I was a kid because <laughs> man, I I cannot I I have a horrible time of slowing down. Yeah, being a slow fisherman, and and I look at as as far as two anglers, you got Kevin Van Dam and you got Denny Brower. They're probably two of the biggest names. Denny Brower's actually he's in Nebraska, but we call him a Missouri boy because he lived at Lake of the Ozarks for I for most you. of his life. Yeah. He's down in Texas now uh, fishing those big bass lakes. But but Denny Brower would go into a into a, a pocket or a creek, and he would fish every single piece of that that bait. Yeah, I mean, he would slow down, and he would catch the five biggest fish out of that On that, that, area. that one little area, and that was his specialty. Kevin Van Dam is a run and gun guy. He's fishing fast. He's trying to cover water, trying to pick off the most active fish, and that's that's basically the two extremes of mm-hmm. fishing personalities. Mm-hmm. And then you got the people in between that, you know, I like fishing fast, but I can slow down if I have to. They better be biting good, or I'm <laughs> I'm back I'm back Keep wanting going. to run. I, I like to run and gun and cha- and and fish and and target specific little pieces of structure or trying to catch fish that a lot of people will avoid because oh there's one log out there on that 
mm. mile long flat. Well, if a fish is going to live there, that's the only place he's going to live, and I'm going to make one, you know, make ten casts on it, and I catch that one, and I go find one other one. But, yeah. But it's that's that's the thing. Do you like fishing slow baits, which is like jigs and worms and and soft plastics on the bottom? Um, you know, fish at different times of year. Some of them will be bottom feeders. Some of them will feed on the top and some of them will feed in the middle water column and that's part of what you got to figure out but crankbaits spinnerbaits uh are your are your main moving baits uh swim bait uh swim baits uh as a as a soft plastic but you reel it back kind of like a, a spinnerbait oh, and it's yeah. got a paddle tail to it and mm-hmm. it's really hot and coming on that's a really good bait right now with the post spawn that those fish those fish absolutely love that bait and from farm ponds to the reservoirs anywhere do the colors still apply to those? Yep. The uh, the thing that you're looking at, uh, uh, typically Missouri, we've got we've got shad population in our reservoirs and our larger lakes. Most conservation lakes, you don't see too many shad. In the farm ponds, you're not going to have it. Right. You're going to have more minnows. Uh, your fathead minnows, your your little your little pin minnows, and that type of stuff that uh, are going to be more mm-hmm. resembling of the of the moving bait. And that's okay. where your whites. Your whites, your silvers, that type of stuff are more That's shad, shad imitation. Yeah. That's where the reservoir fishing. Um, some of that's based on the lakes you're going to, like the shad and table rock don't get as big as the ones in Truman Lake because of the nutrition nutrients in the water. Uh, we got threadfin and gizzard shad. Gizzard shad get as big as some of the bass you catch. But it uh, sometimes that's where the big bait comes in because they're feeding on a mm-hmm. lot larger uh, type of bait bait uh the other thing is your bluegill brims your sunfishes that type of stuff farm ponds those are probably yeah more predominant because right. a lot of people stock bluegill and that type of stuff in there you can get your your dark baits you can get to, you know that's where green pumpkin and blue kind of mimic uh mimic a bluegill, a bluegill. okay uh, you can do things like uh, a swim jig which is basically a, a jig with a with a head that allows it to, to ride up. Uh, a lot of farm ponds get moss and stuff in it, and that's where moving baits work a little bit better because it gets a, a pond scum moss around it. Uh, you throw it out there, and then you come in with this big wad <laughs> of Big ball and, of stuff. And you, Dad probably has to pick it off for the kids. You oh, know? yeah. And uh, you just I'm, – I'm telling you, though, you just made my life ten times easier because during this whole COVID lockdown, we've been home a lot, and so we've been fishing a lot. Yep. And they have dang near run through every ba- you know, everything I've owned. And so I've got to go back and buy some stuff. You just made it a lot easier. I'm going to go look for white stuff, <laughs> for black stuff, for green colored stuff, and sparkly stuff. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> you know, I mean, right you make there. it easier you, for... <laughs> you, keep it, you keep it simple. Keep it simple, I mean, yeah. Yes, if you go look in my look in my boat garage, it's it's like a ba- mini bass pro shop, but <laughs> you know like bass pro shops on wheels because you go to different places and you need different variations. But don't I tell people I would rather move around and find where the fish will f- will bite the way I want to catch them versus trying to uh, change lures all the time. I mean, yeah, you can spend a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. Uh, changing lures and still not have success. Yeah. If they ain't biting here, move. Yeah. I've I've learned real quick that I don't take my pole anymore when I fish with the kids. Love fishing with them, but it's just next to impossible to get anything done yourself. You you throw one line out, 
and someone's broke something you need to fix it so yeah i mean i can definitely understand that but all right so you have your your baits that's the first thing you kind of would recommend you know obviously a guy needs a pole yeah but they don't need to go buy you know some of this expensive stuff to be a good fisherman do they the 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 rods will help i mean the rods will help you Mm -hmm. um i tell people the rod is probably more important than the reel if you get a reel that'll cast out you got basically three types of reels. You got a bait uh, spin cast, which has got the old button on it, mm-hmm. that you, like the Zebco 303. You've got your your spinning reels, which is underhand uh, reel, and then you got your bait caster. And uh, and as long as that as long as that reel can cast that bait as far as you want it, mm-hmm. and and wind it back, and it's got a good drag to when you do catch a fish, and that's typically the <laughs> Does spin. Does it take it with them? The yeah. spin cast is probably is a good starter reel, especially for kids, mm-hmm. because they don't get backlash. The bait caster is probably the the predominant reel in bass fishing, and man, they've come out. They've they've come out with a, a lot of neat stuff. They've got some now that, I mean, they don't cast as far, but you can throw it and you don't get backlash. I mean, huh. you you, I mean. Can, you can adjust the magnets and stuff, and it's a great reel for people getting started. Uh, there are several different companies make those type of reels, but then you can get into your higher dollar reels. Yes, the higher dollar reels are smoother. They're cast farther. They got better drag systems. But I'm gonna be honest. I I fish Daiwa reels, and I fish kind of their midline reel, a hundred dollar reel. Now, the the thing is, it casts far enough for me. Does everything I need it to do. It's got enough drag. I fish the Tatula series, which is a series that they've come out with. It's not the high end. I mean, they make five hundred dollar reels. Mm-hmm. I look at it. I can own five of them compared to one mm-hmm. one five hundred dollar reel you know uh there's some very good 50 to 75 to that hundred dollar mark reels i'd rather have multiple things so i've got multiple baits tied on to try different things or right you break off you pick up another one and you're right back yeah you're back fishing. on your term you're on you, obviously a time frame so you, that any time that you don't have a lure in the water is time yep you're yeah. you're wasting you're wasting time and it's efficiency yeah. is in the Thing. And we'll get into that in a little bit later because that's that's some of the fun things is uh, with fishing electronics and that. But on the on the equipment, um, your your rods you've got different actions, um, and that's that's man. There is four gazillion different rod manu you know different types of rods. There's different rod manufacturers. There are different types. Um, the the thing is, if you're going to fish so, like bottom bottom baits. Um, and this is one thing I've complained to rod manufacturers is they make these medium action rods that are like a wet noodle for a kid to fish with. <laughs> and you're, and you're trying to teach him how to fish a soft plastic on the bottom. And he sets the hook and all it, all the thing does is the rod bends. They yeah. don't have enough strength to, to get that hook stuck. And then they lose the fish and then they're upset. And, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the stiffer rod, like the heavier actions, they call them, um, are best for your soft baits, your jigs, your worms, that type of stuff. Uh, moving baits, you want you want a rod that has got got more tip or more bend into the rod to allow it to that bait to to move. And that's some of the secrets of like crank baits and and spinner baits and that type of stuff. Of moving baits is if you throw too stiff a rod, it'll just kill the action of that of that lure. It won't allow it to wiggle or wobble, and it you're, it's pulling too hard. So. Right. Um, you need kind of a, 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 I would say like a medium, medium, heavy, heavy would be if you had a three rod, mm-hmm. 
three rod minimum to start with, that would be a good good thing. Then you can get into flipping sticks. You can get into different lengths and different actions. But uh, Husker do's, husker don'ts. <laughs> yeah. But it uh, spinning rods are typically is uh, a little more uh, forgiving on the tip. Uh, they're easier to cast. Uh, there's a lot of th- lot of things. The lighter baits, like the finesse finesse applications, that are when things get tough, you break <coughs> out the. We call them egg beaters. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense, yes, yeah. And I call them finance when you go finance fishing instead of finesse fishing because you've given <laughs> up on winning that tournament. You're just trying to you're just trying to get a catch enough to make a check and get home and <laughs> or get enough points to move on and. You know, when times get tough, you have to do. Got you. you have to do Desperate different times, things. Desperate so, measures, yeah. So it uh, that that's probably the thing is, um, I would I would invest more in the rod itself because of sensitivity. The 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 higher the price rods get, the more carbon, the more sensitivity, the more you can feel, mm-hmm. especially on baits that are uh, touching the bottom and you're moving slower. Yeah that bite is going to be very soft. And if you can feel, I always tell people, if you can feel that one extra bite, it can, it can be the difference between making money or not making money. And, oh yeah. And moving baits, it's pretty forgiving. You got to have something with some backbone that you can set the hook to it, but you don't need it. You don't need a super stiff one. And uh, so to break it back down, you said for a tournament wise, you'd recommend a medium, a medium heavy and a probably a heavy. Yep. Is your three basics to get started now? On my deck, I probably got twenty rods out. It's, right. Sure. I mean, it's, I mean you get to a certain level, and yeah. It, yeah. it's totally different. But I'm I'm trying to keep people on a budget, and, and you know, for well, everybody. Them. I mean, everybody starts at a somewhere, right? Once you get hooked, it's kind of like me. Is that the worst day of my life? That's the same thing. Yeah. You know, you start out at this end. You know, um, I probably didn't invest in the the better quality rod when I when I should have been, mm-hmm. and that's that's probably the thing is. You don't have to go spend five hundred, but if you got a difference between a hundred dollar fishing reel and a fifty dollar rod, I would put a hundred dollar rod with a fifty dollar fish fishing reel. That makes that's sense. Interesting and honestly, yeah. that's interesting. That's kind of news to me. Yeah. I would have before this, I would have said different. Well, I'm kind of stubborn German from Missouri, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still pretty conservative on my money. And yeah, I think you know, yeah, and, we all. And, are. That, and that's the thing is, it, it's so hard to make money anymore. You you don't want to waste it and. Right. That's trying to you know trying to help people to to get the best value out of their money and not and not put so much into it that they can't go, they can't go yeah. on a fishing trip or enjoy yeah. it. And I always give my dad a hard time because my dad's a big uh, fly fisherman. He goes down to Bennett all the time. Loves going fly fishing, and he's got like ten different Orvis. He's an Orvis or die type of guy, and every different reel you can think of, and every different rod of theirs. And I'm like, why do you need all those, Dad? Because I do. Because <laughs> I do. <laughs> yep. yeah. And I guess he's probably right. I mean, there's probably the same type of differences in some of their fly rods compared to like a. It's got a different yep. tip that allows that lighter fly to that float light fly. farther, and that you know this this kind of lure probably yeah works better in the action that they're trying to get. You think bass fishing equipment's high? You got to look oh, at them fly rods. My, my mom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he spent some money. He gave me one actually. The only thing they don't have to buy is the boat. Yeah, yeah, he, but his those waders, my gosh, they yeah. they can get expensive. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so I mean, it's know, an addictive hobby. They all are. Everything is. But you know, you can get into a a fishing setup without breaking the bank. Yeah. And, you know, and there's probably a lot of people out there that might even be listening to this that think, well, yeah, I would like to go hunt a lake, 
but Big I don't fish legs. Gosh darn it! <laughs> we, I we, do that one more time. It's, smack it's, me. it's fish hunting. Yeah, fish, fish hunting. hunting. See, he he's I'm right. I'm gonna fish. go fish hunt a lake, and uh, you know they don't they don't think they can get into it because well I don't have a thousand dollars to drop on just a, a rod and reel where you could go just spend a little bit of money um, and get that set up and even with a boat you know I've got a, a three hundred dollar pond jumper sitting out at my house yep. you don't need. I'm guessing you don't drive yeah. around in a pond jumper now, but actually, you don't uh, need that. Actually, I'd like to have it in a lot of places to get back <laughs> in summer. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's sitting outside my pond. And Come there's get nothing it. wrong with it. I started yeah. out in a 12-foot John boat, so yeah. with, with no motor on the back. It was all dug power, two mm-hmm. oars and pull it. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I got a friend who went up to a college, and uh, he was on the college team with a John boat and a motor. I mean, yeah. a lot of people had other stuff, but. He did you it. Got with what a, you got? Do you want to know the scariest guy at a tournament? The guy in the aluminum boat. Absolutely. Because he ain't going to run all over the lake chasing the fish. He's, <laughs> he's typically there. When I was growing up, there was these guys, and they had. And it was interesting. They had a John boat, and they had a real estate sign that they put a piece of plexiglass for their shield in front. <laughs> and and people would laugh at them, but those guys, man, they would catch fish every single tournament. They didn't go exploring. They didn't burn fifty gallons of gas running all over the lake look trying to mm-hmm. look the coolest they were fishing and, and probably weren't wearing the cool gear i mean nope, they were just nope. getting after they it. took a lot of my money yeah I donated a lot to the <laughs> retirement and fund, you know I those think. are the type of people like those are our type of people yeah, the three of us sitting here like that's me that's I'll a, be honest you know with you. that's who we are and you know no matter who you become if yep. you become you know some well you said some of the you know really yep. popular guys out yep. there um you know you still want to keep those roots even if you do become that yep. because that's what where you, you started. There. That's what's got you there. And now, you know, it's you're not. say what you enjoyed because that's what you were doing. That's what you started doing. Don't yeah. judge them. Don't judge them anglers by their, you know, their looks. And that's the same thing. And, and on like on fishing rods, you don't have to go spin this right away. You, there's some great combinations. I would go. One of the things I tell people is visit some of the local retailers. We're fortunate in Missouri here with. Man, we've got we got the Bass Pros, we got Rogers Sporting Goods. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great retailers at Lake the you know around any of the major lakes. There's there's tackle shops. Mm-hmm. Those those mom and pop places, man. You go in and you say, man, I've got a budget. I'm just getting started. I want to I want to the best value to get to to get started or get my kids started. And those people are going to work with you to help you get that right equipment right. and. Uh, you know, as much as the sponsors like us promoting all their products, getting people into fishing is more important than, you know, than plugging a, a sponsor and pushing it down their name. Absolutely. Uh, everybody's well, if got you don't get them in there. They're, they're not going to be there to sponsor yeah. anymore. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, down the road. And it's, and there's, there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, you know, we'll get into the, I, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but, uh, uh, some of the tournaments of the high school, high school fishing, and some of that, the clubs, that's one of probably the neatest things of club fishing is, some of them are more of a a group to help anglers grow their skills. Uh, they have like uh, the Bassmaster uh, has a Federation Nation. They basically have boaters and non-boaters. You don't even have to own a boat, and you can be fishing in a tournament. You draw out. A partner, a different partner, hmm. somebody you may not, you know, he's going to be in your club, but you don't know. They match you up with somebody. Yeah, so okay. they match you up, and you go out and and they actually have like if you do good in your in your 
in your club, they you can go to a state tournament and then, man, you can fish the Bassmaster Classic from from fishing local bass clubs. It's probably the hardest way to get there, but <laughs> but it's but they have a progression and, and their thing is education conservation. Uh, they're doing projects to to put fish habitat in lakes and mm-hmm. they're but it's a teaching thing and that's that's one of the things of of club you know getting into that club you can learn stuff from other anglers watching them um i tell people there's there's nothing better than than going on a guide trip but tell that guide hey i want to learn because mm-hmm. they'll they'll teach you right. the biggest thing is respect those guides because they they spend their their hard-earned time getting you on the fish right but so respect their areas go out there and learn the techniques of how to catch those fish and then go find your own areas it's a lot more rewarding to find your own fish and 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 catch them and uh but learning techniques there's a lot of opportunities out there besides the youtube videos the podcasts i mean there's there's so many so much yeah. more information information's there mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean i wish i was growing up nowadays with the information the the stuff we've got today versus in the late the the late eight the eighties and the early nineties when I was getting into don't it. age yourself, Doug. Oh <laughs> yeah, I'm aging itself. I've already had the big five zero. So. Oh boy. <laughs> but but it, it's there's so much vast information. I mean, I read Bassmaster magazines. I read we read magazines back then, <laughs> and yeah. and that's where I I had to learn different techniques. We didn't have the the television and the media outlets. The that, Missouri Woods and Water podcast. That's honestly all they need now. Yeah, is right, this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I know you are real excited to talk about you know the setup with when it comes to electronics. Yep, because you've told us we we talked for <laughs> yep. a good while before we ever even started recording, and that's you're an electronics nerd when it comes to that sort of stuff. Yep, so. I'm probably the biggest nerd in electronics. <laughs> There's more women that hate me, wives <laughs> that hate me because I spend their husband's money, <laughs> and they watch my YouTube channel learning how to use their electronics. Teach us about some of those. I mean, what? Give us the rundown. But you can go, you know, you can if you want, you can go yeah. from the basic stuff that if a guy's got himself a John boat and he wants to put himself a, a fish finder down or some of the stuff that you probably have been spending other yeah. guys' money. Yeah. You know, getting after. Yeah, I have What's to kind of, of watch stuff? when I go through a strange town that some wife's not mad at me and start shooting at me or something. <laughs> Don't but, have uh, the name on the side of your truck. No, no. Incognito, drive a different <laughs> color truck every time you go somewhere. <laughs> but uh, the fish, and le- fish and electronics, probably the coolest thing with that is there is such a wide variety. Um, and I got fortunate uh, – to be one of the first people to ever use side imaging. And I don't know if you've ever seen side imaging. It's like an M- if, if you're in the medical field, it's an MRI of the water. It, it drives across. It takes a real thin slice. A tree looks just like a tree. Oh, really? I mean, you can see everything there. That's I cool. Mean, and, that, and that has really changed the sport of fishing because you can understand exactly what's underneath the water, the, the underwater world. And... Actually, when I'm going to date myself again, flashers was a little circle flasher, and every time the the sonar reading, basically sonar is a sound uh, that's sending a transducer transmits <coughs> a sound, hits the bottom, returns back, or hits an mm-hmm. object and it returns back, and it puts and it marks either on a flasher it marked the dial at different depths, or on a screen it starts filling up the screen like a TV screen, it starts filling it up and it scrolls left to right. And uh, what it does is it tells you how deep it is. You can find fish with it. You can see trees. You know, you can see returns off of trees and stuff. And 
that's evolved in in about in 2005 Humminbird came out with a was bought out actually by Johnson Outdoors which owned Minkota Trolling Motors which I'd been with and and they and they actually asked me a question and said, "Ah, oh, you need to go run Humminbird." And I was like, "Man, they sell $59 units at Walmart." You know, they weren't the biggest name in the industry, mm-hmm. but when Johnson Outdoors hit them, they're a very family-owned company and those people uh brought this technology to to market. Humminbird had it sitting on the shelf and 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 it is and I was I knew the rep real well and he got me got me involved with it and it's probably the greatest decision that I, that I ever made in my life because to be at the forefront of this technology cutting edge um actually I went to a local lake conservation lake that I knew and put the boat in the water and I immediately grasped it it's no you're fine go okay. ahead but uh the uh, the the side imaging technology what it did was it it basically started allowing people to see exactly what's underneath the water and exactly uh, you can see a tree you can see a rock pile you can see the points you can see the structure where before your your traditional 2d sonar which is uh, kind of the fish arches and that stuff a lot of people it was an educated guess the the better you're worth it the the more you could guess but it basically changed that learning curve from i mean from the novice angler can see the exact same thing as the the top anglers in the country and and that's the cool thing is Humminbird has brought affordability i mean they've got units that are thousands of dollars but you can buy sure. smaller units that you could put on a put on your your water pond jumper your pond, pond jumper, jumper 2000 yep. and uh, go out here in a local local lake and you may go out there and find the old creek channel you may find who knows what's in some of these ponds you may find uh, jimmy hoffa out there laying in the bottom <laughs> or you know that'd freak me out like <laughs> you're in a new new uh place and what is yeah. that shape right there that looks like a body yeah <laughs> i've yeah. seen that really yes well, that's no fun <laughs> but but that's one of the things with this fish finder actually jumped into the search and rescue business Missouri Water Patrol uses them on pretty on a lot of well, the boats. That makes sense. Yeah. Paint a picture. So it's not only a fishing tool, but it gives you a picture-like image of exactly everything underneath. And I mean, and that kind of started a revolution from into the the high frequency, high definition sonar. And now you got side imaging looks sideways. You got down imaging looks down, and then we got actually 360 imaging that's just like the weather radar, and it'll, it'll scan the 360 degree around the boat, shows you everything. It'll even, like, you can, it's just like, think of a your watch here, and your 12 o'clock being the front of the boat. You can look over there and say, okay, that tree's at 2 o'clock, and you can throw it. Go find it. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay, there's a there's a school of fish sitting right there. I mean, you can And otherwise, you'd have drove right over it before yeah. and never known that was there, potentially. It's, uh, it's, it's one of them things that a lot of times people are bank beaters, and you find something, like, if the bank is to your right, over to the left is the, there's a sweet honey hole, brush pile, big rock something that that you never imagined was there and that's where electronics really changes the game changes that that curve um i'll tell people that they make a five inch unit up to 15 inch units you can everything that you can see on a 15 inch unit you can see on a five the same sonar data is going to show up the biggest Mm -hmm. problem is is I got my cheaters on my <laughs> right here in front <laughs> of me. Pull the glasses off. <laughs> the, the smaller the screen, the harder it is to see the really fine details. So uh, that's where the bigger units help. But but from a from if somebody's wanting to get started and start progressing up, having some having a good fishing electronics um, 
and they're and they're a complete system i mean you've got what we call 2d sonar the down imaging side imaging all built into one unit plus gps mapping and gps and the gps mapping um hummingbird has a has a brand called the lake master and they build contour lakes that are on your fish finder you see your you actually see your boat right there on the map know exactly where you're at so finding that getting on that point or that hump or structures it's a no-brainer right you know i mean you don't there's no more guessing well and it makes it if you're if you're just getting started it makes it to where sorry folks we just had dogs run through (laughs) uh it makes it it makes it where if you're going to be successful that just helps drive your success because you're you know you're not really you're still guessing i guess you you still got to catch the fish but if you're like if you go through and you're sitting there seeing where there are you at least can say all right i'm gonna go try to get them from here yeah so well that makes sense it's still they still don't make them bite right i think it actually makes you matter when you don't when you see them and you can't catch them but uh the other thing is is efficiency and and that's one of the things i tell people is it doesn't matter if you're a weekend angler that gets to go fishing once or twice a week, you know, a couple of days out of the month or a couple of days even out of the year uh, to the biggest pro pro level angler or even a guide. Your time on the water is limited. A tournament angler, we're fishing typically an eight, eight hour day. So I've got to try to catch the five biggest fish in eight hours as mm-hmm. quickly, as fast as possible. It's just as important as a guy that gets to go two-hour fishing after work on one night of the week it's a lot more fun to to, to catch to fish, catch fish. Right. than cast and that's where electronics really changes that learning curve helps you learn so much more about your lake and like these like hummingbirds unit they actually have a deal where you can you can take the sonar recordings and build a lake map of your lake and then you've got it there in your unit once you invest the time it's there forever huh. that's pretty awesome that's cool i mean yeah, I already, I, I know, always knew those things were there, but I've never owned one. I didn't and, know the details. Yeah, the de- I, I thought it was just like a, you know, like a little generic fish that shows up when it's under your boat. <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? The like, fish cracker? Yeah, it's like, that's th- what, there's yeah. a little fish, yeah, you know. That's and, when yeah. the fish alarm goes off. Right. The new fish cracker, <laughs> you can set a fish alarm. <laughs> dee, 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 dee. And, but it, uh, and then you're like, what is under me? You but, know? It, <laughs> but since 2005, man, this industry's blown up. Well, we've actually got a troll, the sister brand of, Humminbird is Minn Kota. They've actually got a trolling motor that's uh, it's a le- it's a cable electric steer. It's actually got GPS in it. You can hit the button and it'll put an electric anchor down, and it's done off a of GPS. The trolling motor will keep you within a two foot circle. That's really, like you can actually take that waypoint, like a waypoint that you create on your map, on your unit, and use it for spot lock. And I mean, it's it's is it's gone crazy. This industry. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know where the next thing is and and i'm fortunate to get to to work with some of these these smart right. engineers and man it, i throw them some wild stuff off the off of their heads <laughs> you know it's like figure this okay, one out <laughs> i'm out there fishing the fish ain't biting what thing could we really do next you know i've, I've you know i've got one idea that that i've thrown off of them and i just want them to build one of those and it's a <laughs> fish fish esp that that tells me what that fish wants to bite there you, you know? go <laughs> i want a brown jig i want a white spinner bait you know 
Give it a little stank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put some put some scent on it. But I was like, you build that and you tell that tell me what that fish wants and how he wants it retrieved. Right. And uh, maybe I can sit at home in my reclining chair and yeah. just drive the boat with a with my iPhone or <laughs> That's cool. That'd take the fun out I of say it. I say you're getting to the funs coming out of it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah That's the whole sure. best part is getting out in the outdoors. Absolutely. You know? no, I, That's I, what it's all about is being out there. Well, being out there and then, like you said, making the most out of your time, being as efficient as possible. Um, yeah, I mean. Enjoying nature, man. That's that's the whole thing is, man, it's – Missouri's blessed with, with the – hunting opportunities, the fishing opportunities. You don't even have to participate in any of them. You can just go on nature walks. And That's a lot of people think that Missouri is a, just a flyover state, right? And, I mean, we are technically, but. Keep flying over. You know, keep flying. <laughs> yeah. But we are, I mean, we, we basically are like four different states in one. I mean, we it you can go from northeast Missouri, northwest Missouri, northern Missouri, central Missouri, and southern Missouri are all totally different. Mm-hmm. And then you throw and the boot hill in. The boot hill in that's is totally different. Yeah. You know, we got swamp, we got mountains, we got river lands, we got great agricultural land. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting being able to travel all over the world, all over the United States. Man, it all, you know, there's a lot of times, man, you missed back home. And Nothing like it. You, go home. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I've been to some very neat places in the world, but uh, there isn't any other place that I'd rather be than right here in Missouri because of the unique opportunities, the multitude of opportunities. Yeah. I mean, you can go, you can go to some states, and they're great fishing states, but they may be horrible hunting, or you know, they're great bass, but they—that's the only thing they've got. You know, they don't have a lot of variety of species. And, and that's the other thing, Doug. You're a pro bass fisherman, but this state offers all kinds of other opportunities. If you're like, well, the bass aren't pretty, okay, crappie are cool. You know, right, I mean, yeah. we, you can, you can hunt anything. Well, uh, or gosh a, darn, why do I keep saying that? Well, you can, can hunt, hunt fish, anything. I'm going to start hunt saying fish. hunt fish. Yeah. We, we call we chase uh, hybrid stripers in this state, and we call it fish hunting. Fish yeah, hunting. fish hunting. We're going hunting. I even for, say that backwards. Hunting and for the man in striped suits, what we call them, because they got white black mm-hmm. stripes. Yeah, they're down gorgeous. And uh, it, it is, and they and they're aggressive in fighting. If you if you really want to get into fishing and your kids fishing. And catch a lot of fish, and an easy fish to catch is white bass and hybrids in Missouri. Go out in the fall. When you all go to the deer woods, I'm going to the lake because everybody else is getting off, and that's when the fun, I mean, the fish That's when the feeding. fun really starts, oh, huh? Yeah. But it, uh, huh. but one of the things is, is getting people involved in fishing, and that, that's the one of the points that I wanted to speak about is the uh, high school fishing is, is actually started blowing up big time, and I in college fishing mm-hmm. they're actually giving college scholarships to get an education and, and fish and well, fish. If they can give one on video games they can give one on fishing that's right yeah and uh this actually state of illinois is is one of the first ones to start and it was an interesting deal with high school fishing a college all-girls school or a catholic all-girls school uh, won their district thing they'd never fished in their life and they won district <laughs> <laughs> But that's the the thing with fishing. You can it doesn't matter what sex you are, if you're if you're able bodied or you're handicapped, it doesn't matter the race. Fishing fishing is open to anybody. It, I mean, and that's the greatest thing. And that actually, I helped uh, an outdoor writer here in Missouri uh, work to try to bring high school fishing in. We were trying to bring it in under the the high school athletic association, but 
ran into some things with the economy and, and liabilities and stuff. But basically, they have they have uh, parents that donate their time to be a boat driver. And, and I've actually donated to the college side. All I did was drive the boat. I could not teach. I couldn't tell the kid nothing during the competition. They had to make their own decisions. They told me where they wanted to go. You took and, them, and and I drove them there. And it was, it was kind of cool because I was actually fishing. A, I fished a tournament and didn't make the last day cut. And they had the college kids fishing on the last day when everybody made the oh, the yeah. final cut. I'd actually fished in the same pocket. They're fishing over here on the left, and I would, the fish were actually over on the right side. They had <laughs> moved. I was like, when, would you, when did you find these fish here? After the competition was over, I asked them, I was like, when did you find those fish? Oh, we were down here two weeks ago. I was like, well, they had moved over there, but I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, but but those, right. those guys had figured it out. And, it, and it's really, I mean, it's, and that's one of the cool things. And I look at the, the high school and the college involvement. There's a lot of thing in fishing. If you want to get technical, the – the study your biologies, your math skills. Uh, you know, there's a lot of science skills that you that you put together out there fishing that you don't think that you know. And um, I think I might have t- paid a lot more closer closer attention to biology class, learning about <laughs> the you know the algae growing and the bug eating the algae, and then the then the fish bait eat, fish eating the yeah. bug, and then the yep. then the predator fish eating the bait fish, and, and the heron coming in and ruining yeah. everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, so if a high school kid wanted to to take a crack at it what's the what's the process where where are the tournaments at what what would they have to do there's there's actually a private uh it's more of a privatized organization um i don't remember exactly it's out of south missouri there is on facebook a uh, uh, supporting missouri high school fishing association it's actually a uh, a page that I started. Oh, really? Um, it's kind of, it's not very active because everybody's moving. And I'm, I'm starting, I don't think it's focused. It's a single word that these, but a lot of the schools down in uh, Springfield, Willard, um, Lincoln, Missouri has got a school. Actually, Bassmasters have a high school fishing thing where they put teams together and, and they actually have events. Supporters of Missouri High School sanctioned fishing? Yeah, that's the one I cool. started. But it but it'll have all the information. John Neparadnies and uh, Lake of the Ozarks is the outdoor rider that that kind of got started. And there was a Mark Rogers down in Springfield. We had guys that, and we got a lot of the school support. But the biggest thing was th- there's cost involved. Um, most of the schools are allowing, or you basically go to your school board and you petition to use the school, being able to use the school name and the school mascot, and they're they're allowing that. Um, Lincoln, Lincoln, Missouri. I know Kevin Smith. He's the superintendent down there, real well, and and they've they've done very well in the fishing, the high school fishing stuff. And uh, okay, it's I very didn't, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that 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 was something that was happening. We may try to put maybe a couple links or something, yeah. some information. I can I can get you the the full name to, of the organization to put in the link that people can uh, can look yeah, it out. Yeah, no, no doubt we can do that. Um, but but from high school now colleges, there's there's actually uh, some of the some of the smaller colleges, Bethel University has won like the national championship three or four years. K State, I've got a good friend of mine that uh, his son, I knew him growing up. He fished for K State. They won the national college collegiate uh, Bassmaster tournament. Um, he missed the classic by like uh, the teams fish and they get the this the school award, 
and then they let the top t- four guys compete against each other for one spot at the Bassmaster Classic. Oh, wow. oh, and he missed it. And he missed it by just a little bit, and he wound up second in that oh, that deal. And, that hurts. Yeah, you know, first loser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like kind of like my my tournament fishing. I'm the first guy out of the money check. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, know that spot very well. But, yeah. But there, it's a great way, and and these guys are helping each other build their fishing skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning, you know, a lot of them are fishing bigger lakes, but some of the high school events, they're they're having competition on the smaller conservation lakes and that type of stuff. So, even if you're in a even if you're in an area that that doesn't have it, you know, inner city Kansas City, St. Louis, those kids are there's still opportunities for them to get out there and then yeah. and get participating and man, go get you a college education and get to go fishing. I, I think absolutely. that's what's awesome about fishing, not even bass fishing in general, but just in fishing. It can bring people together different than hunting can. Because hunting, you've got to have the land to hunt. There's public land all over this state, but it's still sometimes difficult to know where it is, how to find it, you know, uh, especially if you're from a city and don't know mm-hmm. what you're doing. Fishing, even if you live in, in the middle of Kansas City or, or some big city, there's there's something somewhere. Yeah. And, yeah. and fishing can bring people together. And then you start finding out, oh, I'm pretty good at this. And you start doing some more. And then next thing you know, apparently high school teams are starting teams. And it's just another opportunity for kids to get involved in something in the outdoors, which is a positive. Half yep. the reason we started this whole podcast is about getting people more more interested in Missouri outdoors, and what it whatever it is. Yeah. And building, building uh, you know, self-respect, you know, it, I think it, you know, if you go out and catch a great big fish, man, it puts a it pu- puts a smile on any plate, anybody's Absolutely. face. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a ten pounder; it could be a three pounder, and you know, just a special event. And it's yeah. like, man, there's there's memories of of stuff that that you remember because of that, and it uh, yeah. it gives you gives you self pride. And I think that's that's a lot of the things is getting the kids outdoors, getting their self pride. Maybe maybe they've been bullied in school, and and fishing in outdoors can That's take that away. Yeah. You know, can give them that positive experience so that uh, they can move on with life and become uh, become great citizens. Well, and you see videos that just I'm, there was a video I saw on Facebook a few weeks ago of this this little boy and his dad, and he he caught a I think it was a bass, and he was so excited, and he treated that bass like she was like a f- member of his family. You are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he he released her, and he was just saying, "I'll see you later. You're so beautiful. Go get bigger." And well, it's respect for nature and everything. Ex- exactly. Yeah. You you respect what the resource that's there, and that's taught at a young age. And even if it's not taught at a young age, if you get the opportunity to experience it, you know, then then that might be you at some point. Yeah. You know, and and other opportunities like if if there's parents out here that don't know where to get help. A lot of these bass clubs. I mean, that's what that's what a lot of those guys <laughs> like to do. Is is uh, they'll have kids fishing derbies. I mean, you know, events. I would, you know, if you're interested in something like that, check out the Bass Federation Nation uh, website, Bassmaster.com. Um, they've got different segments from the high school to the college to the federation guys to the Bass Open guys to the Elite Series. Um, they're they're more than just a tournament organization. They're a conservation organization of of, of of keeping the you know the fishery stocked you know mm-hmm. uh, helping with stocking programs habitat programs 
there's a lot of ways to get involved. You don't even have to go. You don't even have to be a fisherman, and you can be just want to care about the sport, and you can help with conservation projects. That's yeah. cool. Uh, but but there's a lot of those places that the the clubs host a kids fishing derby. Typically, we're probably getting close to it because there's a there's a free fishing day in Missouri. I think it's the around the 12th or 13th of of June every year. Okay. They actually have a, a day that anybody can go fishing and don't have to buy a fishing license. Yeah. And well, that was great in this whole COVID, COVID right. deal. And just recently, I think it expired, but they had a period of time. You didn't have to have a fishing license. Yeah. That was the best thing I think the state of Missouri did because it got people outdoors involved in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, yeah. just that was awesome. I mean, and, and now maybe that person that never did buy a fishing license before went and got that free thing and now realizes, oh, it's not that expensive anyway. I think and it's I like 12 this. bucks or something. Yeah. And I like this. I'll find that $12. And buy that fishing license and go fishing, and you just added someone to the outdoor world. Yeah. So, well, man, we we really appreciate you coming on. I mean, this was I learned a lot about bass that I did not know, and I've got a list now that I'm going to go to Walmart and where, wherever I'm going to go <laughs> shopping and list is now buy some stuff for the kids because uh, I need to get new spinny things too for them. They they call them spinny things. Spinny things. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, we uh, learned a lot from you, and I think um, had a, a great time. Do you? Uh, want to do you have any facebook pages instagram pages that you want to tell people about now i've i've got i've i've got doug varnberg it's a pro angler page that uh i kind of keep my keep my uh tournament stuff up and and keep tabs and, on it and keep mm-hmm. tabs of what's going on Absolutely. Uh, i share i share stuff from uh from some of my different sponsors and stuff and videos that i've done and uh probably if if a guy really wants to get into learning about fishing electronics how to use them how to get the most out of that investment and in that I have a YouTube page. I got probably a couple hundred videos. I don't even know where <laughs> I'm at on it. Uh, it's, it's actually blown up. It's, it's crazy, but it, uh, uh, I try, I use it as a resource. It's not, it's not marketing to sell stuff. It's you buy it. This is how you, how do you get help? To, to this is how you use it. And I do it in a little short thing. So you, you learn one <laughs> aspect at a time versus, information overload of throwing everything out in one time and yeah and te- and it's it's an easy way to learn and there's a lot of good people out there that that are doing stuff to help people and uh don't be afraid to you know with social media facebook those places there's a lot of people even the pro anglers will uh will help they're, out they're, they're kind of, right now they're in a they they're not being able to fish their, <laughs> their career's on standby right now and and a lot of them are doing some really creative stuff with uh uh, touring sponsors, uh, educational videos of teaching people how to do different techniques and stuff, and uh, amid the the COVID nineteen deal, and you know it's a bad deal. Need to be worried about it, but there's a lot of good things coming out of it. And I think sure, the outdoors absolutely. is uh, people learning about the outdoors. And man, if I was in one of those concrete jungles like New York City, I'd want to be getting the you can <laughs> social you fishing. can social distance. The, yeah. the only thing I worry about is the fish social distancing for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't do that. I'll tell you a quick story before I go. Just a fun fact: the only time I've actually fished on a on a big lake was with Doug. <laughs> I don't remember how old I was. It wasn't very old because I know that I have the pole still, a little orange like wasn't two that foot a Snoopy pole. rod. It was a Snoopy rod, basically, but <laughs> it wasn't Snoopy. But it was basically it was. Uh, my dad won a fishing trip uh, with Doug, and and me, my dad, and my brother went out and uh truman lake i believe yep. it was and uh i don't remember how long it was but i remember i caught a big old walleye uh <laughs> the first uh, walleye i think i ever 
seen caught on Truman Lake. Uh, I had the biggest fish in the boat. Not to brag, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot who caught the walleye, but that uh, was me. That was on that little little run. I I started yelling to Doug. I remember this vividly, and I was young. So I'm I'm hung up. I'm hung up. It's over there. It was a fish. All of a sudden, yeah, there there it goes. (laughs) Doug sitting there making making gestures at the (laughs) rod kept moving. I didn't know what I was doing, but. that's what it's all about. Doug's been doing that for a long time, getting people involved in the outdoors, and we really appreciate that. Um, you know, can't say that enough. But, uh, again, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, and we'll make sure to kind of link those things, your pages and things like that, so people, if they would like to ask you questions and things like that, can to yep. re- can reach out to you. So we'll we'll make sure to do that. But, oh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Andy, you got any more for us? No. Thanks for listening. Let's Doug, go fishing. Let's go fishing. Let's get it. <laughs> all right, see you guys. <laughs> All right, that's the show. Boy, that was that was good info, wasn't it, dude? Oh, overload. <laughs> info overload. Fishing overload. I did not realize how stupid I am when it comes to fishing. I feel like going fishing now. I mean, from all that talk, I'm just ready to go fishing. Yeah, well, it's about 8.15. We can get out there real quick. Yeah, make a few casts. Yep, so hope you all enjoyed the show. Um, like always, we'll get some, some links to you, like we said at, at the end, uh, to some of the stuff Doug was talking about. Yep. Um. Help us out and, and follow our Instagram page at Missouri Woods and Water. Same thing with Facebook. And go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go to Sportsman's Nation, or you can search us through the Missouri Woods and Water name and um, help us kind of grow tell this. Tell your friends. Tell your friends, and let's, let's grow this thing and keep talking about Missouri outdoors. Absolutely. All right, we'll talk to you guys later.